So I have a lot of training in physical theater and mask work and movement. And one of the things that's always really captivated me is how much our bodies express our emotions. So through the training that I've done in Commedia dell'arte and the training that I've had in Rasa Boxes, what I have pulled from that is all of the ways we can telegraph as well as change our emotional states mm -hmm. by our bodies. It mm -hmm. lives in us. And at the same time, I can take a shape that will read as anger or read as fear or read as jealousy or read as disgust. And maybe I will actually feel that and maybe I won't at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the fact that we have that physical capability, I find fascinating and infinitely curious. People are fascinating, especially up close. More especially when you get them talking about the things that they love. This is From the Hip, conversations in the service of passion, purpose, and play. I'm Adrienne Gunn. You ready to play? Today on From the Hip, I'm talking to a fellow multi-thing doer, actress, entertainer, mask maker, Kate Mura, and we get to geeking out about the way in which you can utilize your body and emotions to achieve absolutely anything. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm really glad that you said yes. I'm so, like, I'm so glad that you invited me. Yeah. Like, I'm, because, uh, because I feel super similar about you and your work, and oh. I've always been like. I keep, I keep, I keep light tabs on you when you're mm -hmm. like having, but uh, the easiest way for me previously to support your work and what you're doing mm -hmm. is to, has been to go to gigs that you were like playing sure. and singing yeah. at and yeah. such. And when that started to, or when I started to see those things less and see all of the like videos and things of yours more, I'm like, oh, well, that's great. I can, you know, share your videos and stuff like that. But I'm like, I don't. I don't. I love to just jump in the middle. So great. Let's jump in the middle. I'm, we are recording. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Excellent. so. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, but so I'm still Adrienne Gunn, and you are Kate Mira. Mira. Oh my God. Mira. How do you pronounce that? Mira. Mira. Yep. Like I love it. Your your uh. It has an e in it. Mira. Without mm -hmm. having an e in it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So okay, you and I met. Holy wow! Is it like eight? years ago is when we met. So At we met in sort of acting theater world. Yeah. I was playing, I was getting to do some of my favorite things to do when I get to act. I like, I don't get to do it much. And I'm gonna say, I get lucky in the regards that people, that I can play many ethnicities and mm -hmm. that in this city people run out of those. Or at least mm -hmm. they used to. And I would get the email from somebody that couldn't do something because they were some color that was useful. And then I would get the email. So I showed up. I don't, I wouldn't have to audition for things in this vein. So I was mm -hmm. called to do this show where I got to play some sort of like assistant to some sort of hip hop lord. Mm -hmm. And I got the part and I was like in hip hop world. Um, and I got to put on 
or maybe maybe it was my idea to put on different wigs. I don't remember whose idea it was, but I loved it. It may have been mine. So I it was a great idea. I had a character choice that in this hip hop world that you could you can play different different things. And so mm -hmm. I, I had three different wig choices. Yep. And you got to be my wig wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Master, mistress. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I still think that some of those, so I had a giant, uh, like a, a platinum Afro wig, which I still have. Yes. And we had a shape of that that was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I think there were photos online of this. And then I had this. It should be. This like purple wavy wig that I thought was very little Kim. And we swooped it and you, you got mm -hmm. it in a, in a beautiful shape. And then I just had kind of the. I call it kind of a bitch bob, <laughs> like a blonde bitch bob. Uh, what's the movie Ant Man? There's yes. the woman in that has yes. that same sort of cut. Yes, yes. That's what I call it. I don't know what it's actually called. Neither do I. But yes, I had. I, I'm. I'm. I'm incredibly impressed with your memory because I remembered that you had wigs and I remembered doing them, but I did not remember them in nearly that much detail. And sure. Well, and it was funny because we sort of met in that world mm -hmm. and and you had a, like a small role for, for that show. You were like yeah. in the technical space and you did yep. these wigs and you sort of yep. dropped in and checked on them and then you were sort yep. of peripheral. Yep. And yeah, then, totally peripheral. I, I helped produce the show on like the back end because I was a founding member of Fuse and, and such. But yeah, for that particular production, I was actually on tour with a different show with a different company for most of it. So. Uh, like the fact that I was able to come in and be a part of that yeah. because I am pretty sure that it was your idea. Oh yeah, uh, I'm yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't know how to consistently. Like I, I have some fears about being in films because I don't know who would be able to take care of like consistency of my hair. Mm -hmm. So it's really a lot easier for me to pick a wig, even if it's a wig of my hair, mm -hmm. because somebody could futz with it. And I don't have to worry if my hair's behaving or if humidity's being weird. Like, mm. so I get to like maintain a particular look mm -hmm. for an entire run of a show. Yeah. Or yeah, um, wigs are fantastic in that way. And I I really want to just take note that 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 there is this adorable kitten playing with my skirt, and that our fantastic cameraman is trying <laughs> to trying to get the kitten away because I'm sure it's making all sorts of like funky, awesome things happen to my skirt on camera. So if you hear random bloppy noises, <laughs> that yeah. is the essence of our um, show mascot, Bentley. Yes, who is four months old. Hello, Bentley. And the little dingle of his bell, the true. bell on his collar. The dingly bell happens. Yep. yep. So, so that's what the strange dingly bell is. There is a kitten that you can't see. <laughs> we shall reference. At some point, he may solve that and want to visit. It's true. So I was, I was like, the, the daunting thing is like, like we, so we met there in mm -hmm. theater world. Yep. And we have still many friends that are connected in theater world. So we've mm -hmm. crossed paths quite a bit. Yep. And then, so on the other side, I, it's not what I do the most, but I also sometimes will do t tech theater support. Like I, I was a sound engineer for That's a very long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I and sometimes so why aren't you playing with things. IATSC Local 28? Well, so I stopped doing <laughs> stagehand stuff and sound things because my body didn't enjoy the mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. My body and my yeah. brain didn't enjoy yeah. the hours and the labor. Makes moving sense. like like to be able to answer a call that may end at six in the morning or start mm -hmm. at three or mm -hmm. I, I love yeah, it it's fun. fun and 
I I had to make a shift because like sleeping regularly, mm-hmm. dependably, yep. so that I could be a version of me that I could be consistently yep. was a big deal. Here's the challenge mm-hmm. and the beauty of getting to talk to you, Kate, and you getting to talk to me. Kate and I do things. I have this I have this slogan for a long time. I do things. I help other people do things too. And it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. When I go to networking events, they're like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, what day of the week is it? <laughs> <laughs> so what I what I promote the most that I do are at this point in my world are my interpersonal work. I spend time with a lot of entrepreneurs and creative people, helping them either shift their interpersonal baggage mm-hmm. that they're getting in a way of showing up fully in the world, or I help them with their issues in the backside of their marketing strategies. So it's either business strategy that's keeping them from reaching the clients and having the success they want, or holistically, mm-hmm. it's interpersonal stuff, using tools mm-hmm. to help them shift. That's the thing I tell people I do. Mm-hmm. But dur- during the week, I'm super, I love entrepreneuring. So I'm a freelancer, so I might be being a stagehand or a supervisor of some event space. I might be building a website. I mm-hmm. might be, like, if people, if I have the ability mm-hmm. to help somebody do something mm-hmm. and it's exciting to me, I, I do it. Mm-hmm. I collect money for yep. it. Yep. Lately, yep. I've been loving to MC events. Yes! Right? Yes. Oh. oh my God. I did I did one earlier this year also. Yeah. I love it. Yes. I love it. I told, I told the, the company that uh, brought me in, I'm like, if you ever need an MC for anything, and I told the sound company this as well. I'm like, if you're ever doing sound and you're like, this event needs an MC and you don't have one, call me. Yeah. And now I know if I'm not available, call you. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> totally. So here's here's the beautiful thing about us. We love lots of things. And we're okay. I bemoan sometimes the problem of being good at a lot of stuff. I'm like, I'm glad I'm good at a lot of stuff, but sometimes it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So you tell me these days, mm-hmm. what are the lists of things that you're up to that people tend to hand you money for? Uh, so these days, people tend to hand me money for emceeing events. Mm-hmm. They hand me money for uh, performing in shows. They hand me money for doing stagehand work. They hand me money for tarot readings. Oh, fun. That's the majority of it in the last few months. Okay, yeah. Some of my yeah. favorites in your work. I did spend some time listening to your voiceover reel stuff. You put up your website. Yeah, like, yeah. Was it two years ago you refreshed or one year ago you refreshed? Uh, my, actually, the latest design for katemira.com was four years ago. Oh. I actually. Oh, it feels like yesterday. Oh, no. For me too. For me too. I actually, before coming to chat with you, I had a meeting with my web designer to talk about an overhaul and visioning because I have two projects that I am dreaming up. One is uh, publishing Suburban Tribe, which is my solo mask show for those of you who don't know, and publishing the version that I toured before the masks were stolen. Mm -hmm. And so I want the new site to be able to support sales of that, either e-version or in print. Mm-hmm. And then I have a 40th birthday dream. And you guys don't get to know just yet when my 40th birthday will be. You get to guess. Of uh, shifting a school bus to be a Vardo-inspired wagon that I can travel around 
to festivals oh. and theaters and have the back of it open up to be able to have a performance space, both for my solo shows and anything else that the community might want nice. or friends or theater companies and whatnot and be able to do tarot readings and consultations and have my library there so folks can look at hand fasting ceremonies and death rites and such and weave those worlds together and just have it all be compact and run on grease. <laughs> totally. Okay. I think one of my first paid acting gigs mm -hmm. was for, it was sponsored by the electric company. So PGE mm -hmm. sponsored a, a troupe of actors to go out and perform this play mm -hmm. about energy conservation. It was mm -hmm. like for mm -hmm. kids and stuff. Do they mm -hmm. still have grants and money and way to like, like some traveling for, for entertaining? I don't know if you some. like entertaining kids, but when mm -hmm. I saw you in a bus and traveling, I was like, there used to be a place where you could get grants and sponsorships to mm -hmm. to do education stuff. I don't know if that still exists in the world we live in. It does. Okay. Uh, the funds have drastically decreased, but if I'm remembering correctly, um, a good friend of mine, Kelly Campbell, who she and I toured with puppetry stuff, she got a grant recently to build a puppet show along the, along those exact lines. And I want to say Ooh. it was PGE as well, but I'm not positive. Um, and I know that in one of the years when I was working for Tears of Joy mm -hmm. Theater, they got a grant similarly to create a puppet show dealing with water conservation specifically. Yeah. So I think that it is I think I even yearly. knew that show. Maybe. Oh, God. like how many water puppet shows are there? In Portland, I only know of that one. <laughs> I, I, across the uh, across the world, I'm sure yeah. that there are more, but certainly in Portland, I only remember know of the that title one. of the one that I knew about. But that's hilarious. So, so they're out there, um, and I do. I love working with kids. Actually, as a as a sidebar, I don't. I don't get money officially for it. I work in trade for it, but I uh, I do actually childcare for my yoga studio. <laughs> That's awesome. And they have puppets, and so we play with the puppets when we draw. I've actually have a like really horrible sketch of my like Vardo wagon <laughs> designing crayon that I drew with the kids, and it has some like child scrawls on the sides. Super oh. adorable. That's sometimes how you get clear on your vision of what you're creating is you gotta, you gotta pull out the crayons and it's true. surround yourself you like, by youth and vitality. Your dreams like are you open. <laughs> yep. Um, actually, the last show that I did was with Oregon Children's Theater. Mm -hmm. I do. I love the, love the children. I, I don't have a lot of experience with children. I think I'm okay with that. Sort of. There was one point in my life where I thought it'd be neat to, like, I grew up in the uh, boys and girls clubs. Cause I, mm -hmm. my father worked, uh, I was mostly raised by him at home. And so I needed things to do after school. And mm -hmm. so there was, there were these mm -hmm. ideas I had about like, oh, maybe I'll go back and help them like shoot hoops or something or mm -hmm. do brother, sister, something. My, the freelance world and not like, they, they like people to be kind of dependable, to be influential with kids and stuff. Yeah. And my schedule, changes every other minute. Like yeah. probably something in my phone is telling me the next week what I'm up to, you mm -hmm. know? Yes. So yeah. I, I've, I've had a, a similar challenge when I was in rehearsals for Tomas and the Library Lady. I was reconnected to how 
I mean, I've, I've always stayed connected with how much I love reading and how much I love working in theater because we create the different worlds that we want to live in, mm -hmm. literally. Sure. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I could so easily like volunteer to help kids read. Mm -hmm. And it's something that my mom has done. Like I come from a line of librarians. <laughs> like, we love books. And I'm like, I could do this. Right. And so I actually did. I, I putzed around online a little bit and tried to find some places to volunteer through. And either they didn't get back to me or the schedule that they mm -hmm. like needed to be kept, which I totally understood was like, was just not one that was possible. I was like, ah. Freelancers' challenges. Yeah. You know, when you, like the fun thing about, I've been, I agree, doing yourself for a living. The fun thing about, sorry, <laughs> you my timing, my, my, it was perfect. My was unconscious perfect. programming. So the fun thing about doing yourself for a living is that there's, there's this time freedom that lots of people wish they had. So true. And then there's, there's, Sometimes there's so much time when we're not up to stuff and then we mm -hmm. tons of projects squished in all one place. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many beautiful things about, I'm just going to say freelancing. I don't know if how, mm -hmm. that's how you see it, but like being multi-passioned mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, there's some ups and downs. Huh? Yes, yes, there are. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there so are. I love, people are going to listen to this or watch this. Mm -hmm. They're going to miss the next time you're doing this event, but I love this event you came up with. And I want oh, to talk about it. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just try absolutely. it into something on purpose. So, you just recently, what do you call this? This event? It's a week. Uh, uh, it is the Columbia Willamette Pagan Pride. So, Pagan Pride happens every year across the country. It's always some, it's almost always sometime in September. It depends on the pagan community. And, you know, Pagan Square is very lightly organized, if at all. <laughs> Merry band of people. <laughs> so every every area that has a pagan pride, it may be around the fall equinox. It may not, but you know, most of them are in September. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, so I have a lot of training in physical theater and mask work and movement. And one of the things that's always really captivated me is how much our bodies express our emotions. So through the training that I've done in Commedia dell'arte and the training that I've had in Rasa Boxes, what I have pulled from that is all of the ways we can telegraph as well as change our emotional states mm -hmm. by our bodies. It mm -hmm. lives in us. And at the same time, I can take a shape that will read as anger or read as fear or read as jealousy or read as disgust. And maybe I will actually feel that. And maybe I won't at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so the the fact that we have that physical capability, I find fascinating and infinitely curious. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go back to that because there's so much depth in just that tiny chunk, but keep talking <laughs> about your event. I'm gonna go back to that. Okay, so I have been a witch for a very long time. And one of the, um, I don't wanna say tenants because that's not really appropriate, but 
anytime that there is spell work happening, our emotions are part of what fuel and what charge, whatever we're doing. Yeah. And so to be able to shift your emotional states depending on what needs to happen and what your desired goals and intentions are is important. And I started realizing that I have tools as an actor for shifting my emotional states and using my words really clearly and precisely mm -hmm. that other people don't have. And I had no, like, completely unaware that things that I do without even thinking about it. Yeah. Others are like, how did you do that? Well, and it's huge to note, uh, and again, I'm gonna go back to, cause like everything you're talking about, there there are modalities that actually describe getting people there, that acting just in has it in it already. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you're like, I didn't know I had those tools. Maybe on some level, you didn't say this, I'm gonna. Maybe on some level, because there's a way in which acting doesn't have the same value in our culture. Mm -hmm. of, like people don't spend a lot of time talking about like how acting works or yeah. why it's useful. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the frame of mind. Mm -hmm. They're like, is it entertaining? Do I want to imbibe it? Do mm -hmm. I want to ingest it? But like, mm -hmm. but actors, we do a process to be able to express utilizing our instrument, which is our body, mm -hmm. these, these situations people are in mm -hmm. and heightened emotions. Most of mm -hmm. the things that are good that have been written and created to be performed <laughs> are about like the extremed and heightened situations. Yes. Although it'd be really fun. I know part of the practice of learning to act mm -hmm. is just doing, sitting on alone and drinking coffee. If you can do that well, <laughs> the odds yeah. are you can do the bigger moments. But generally, yeah. being able to utilize yourself to express something, mm -hmm. it's easy to overlook it because we're we're in the frame of mind of I'm doing this uh, shoot, this film mm -hmm. shoot, I'm doing this play, mm -hmm. I'm doing this moment, I'm doing this mm -hmm. video. Like mm -hmm. to overlook what it took to get there because we're putting it in one aspect. Mm -hmm. One of the things that happened for me, so I've been in the personal development world and I've mm -hmm. been in the business marketing world and then mm -hmm. in this creative world. When I was studying acting, mm -hmm. I had so much emotional agility and I didn't know, I didn't get how fit I was emotionally until it had been two months mm -hmm. since I'd done play or rehearsals or, mm -hmm. the, or the things you do to get warmed up and flexible to express whatever performance you're asked to do. Mm -hmm. It was like two months after probably the show we were in, I'm just like, all the emotions would like stick and stay. And I felt flabby. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. there's so much that's in there. So when I actually went to learn communication skills mm -hmm. and personal development to help people shift, shift emotions and mm -hmm. mental patterns, mm -hmm. everything I'd learned in acting instantly applied. <laughs> yep. Right? I was yeah. like, oh, it's I right already there. know this stuff. Yeah. Yep, these are just new words for it. Yep. So what's funny is you almost have to explain to people why the heck an actor would be able to help you with your own emotions. Mm -hmm. If for some reason it's not obvious to them, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and I think, yes, because a good actor, when people are, are taking in their performances, they're not thinking about who we are off camera or who we are off stage. 
And even if they have a little bit of interaction with us, whether it's, you know, signing autographs down the line with Oregon Children's Theater or, you know, running into someone on the street and like, oh my gosh, I saw your performance. It was so good. Thank yeah. you so much. Like they're usually really short interactions. Yeah. You don't, and part of, you know, one of the, uh, there's a reason why one of the highest praises anybody can give an actor is somebody who really knows them to be like, I had no idea which character you were for however long. Huge. I, yeah. Oh my gosh, there you go. That transformation. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and <sighs> for whatever reasons, many, many reasons, actors are frequently not very good at... Uh, talking about themselves and talking them up and taking value in the work that they yeah. did to get there. Yeah, musicians it, are terrible at it too. Yeah. Yes, and when when actors, and I'm totally guilty of this, when it is easier for me to take praise, it is from that final moment that uh, I really thought that you were from Germany because your German accent was perfect. Like mm -hmm. I asked the director where they had gotten a German actress from. And then I found out, oh, you just did that much dialect work. Right. Like that's easier for people to tell. <sighs> I, I kind of, I, but the, like the real work is everything beyond. It's not that final character. And yeah. And it's hard to qualify it because for actors, we're learning in the classroom, we're learning in the conversations, we're learning from observing the world, we're learning from talking with strangers on the bus. We're like, we're learning from all of those things and all of those places. And I think that a lot of non-actors out there aren't aware of how aware actors try to be all the time yeah well and here's for you're gonna get a point but one of the things that non-actors don't recognize is how much they're acting yes in their lives oh yes we just sort oh, of yes. assume that there's this like well you're only that, that there are scripts that we live out mm -hmm. and interactions that mm -hmm. go a particular way yep that Our every single person Mm -hmm. has strategies for showing up and doing it and, and who they're being. Mm -hmm. They think they're being themselves, but they're being weirdly modeled versions of other people they saw when they were little. <laughs> and and they're they're not yeah. necessarily like they think they're not necessarily being as effectively themselves as they could be. Yes. Right? Yep. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I, I might be talking some nonsense. So we're like we're attempting to talk about like we're talking about many things, but you have a workshop you put together mm -hmm. from your experience mm -hmm. in the world of acting and the mm -hmm. tools you have there and we can mm -hmm. geek out about that to help people do what specifically at uh, this festival uh to help people change their emotional states to be able to center and do better spell crafting Ooh, because okay. one of the ways that Pagans and witches and actors are very similar mm -hmm. when done when done fully is presence and yes. energy awareness yes. and awareness of self as a part of a whole. Yeah. And so when doing spellcraft, when doing meditations, 
it can some it can take some people a really long time to get into the proper state of mind or um, be able to get there at all. And sometimes folks will just pull th- push through and do whatever they want and then are like, why didn't I get the outcome that I wanted? Yeah. Well, I was hanging on to this resentment or this anger and I couldn't change it. And so I just like kept going. And so when I've when I've heard stories like that from from people, I depending on my relationship with them, of yeah. course, I'll frequently ask questions like, well, did you what did you do to try and change that right. mental stuff that you had going on that you're now really sure is the reason why this went awry and you didn't actually get what you wanted and mm-hmm. and what you did receive wasn't your actual intent and feelings weren't, you know, whatever it was. And a lot of times the answers that I get back are just about like breathing, which is great and mm-hmm. totally important and completely a tool. But if that doesn't work, they don't necessarily know where to go next. And so when yeah. I ask questions about like, well, what, where was it in your body? Did you, did you change your posture? Can, uh, like, I have, I have all of these tools of being yes. able to physicalize that emotion and then change it, whether it's something super simple of rolling down your spine and rolling back up and feeling where that is and like taking it out of your body and putting it out into the world or in the ground, like to transform it. Then oh. there's suddenly this like, I can do that. Oh my God. Okay. You just, like, you yes, just dropped yes, bombs. Yes, you can. <laughs> and I don't know if people are aware. Okay. So, th- so here's the thing. So you, you specifically said that you're presenting this workshop, mm-hmm. utilizing your tools mm-hmm. of acting to help people in their spellcasting. Mm-hmm. And I need anyone that's listening right now uh-huh. to know that whether you call yourself a pagan or a witch, mm-hmm. you are always casting spells. Yes. That th- you are always putting breath beneath your words mm-hmm. and asking for things in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you can become more clear about your intentions and what you're asking for. And this even goes down to, so I'm, I'm trained in hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. Yeah, you did That's not. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, mm-hmm. figuring out how there's, uh, there's an idea that the meaning of communication is the result that you get. So if you're casting a spell, if you're in this case, if you're casting a spell mm-hmm. and you don't get the results you want, mm-hmm. that means that you didn't communicate very effectively whatever yes. your intention was. You didn't put it out with, you know, and there's different mm-hmm. things you do. So mm-hmm. nearly everything that people say out loud, mm-hmm. another tenant you used earlier of neuro-linguistic programming is the idea that you're Words don't describe your reality, they create it. Yes, I love, and may, oh, actually maybe. Casting spells, duh, that's directly the same difference. Go yes, ahead. absolutely. You might be able to tell me who said this quote. Okay. One of my teachers, and I can't even remember which one of my amazing teachers said it to me, and it is like part of my core. Change your thoughts, change your words, change your words, change your actions, change your actions, change the world. Yeah. Do you remember who I've said seen that? that somewhere. I know. I use it all I the time. Know. Maybe one of you can uh, help us out yeah. with who said that. It seems pretty Be- Tony Robbinsy. Or no, who was the guy before Tony Robbins that just died? Bop, 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 bop. My dad likes him. The he had shaved his head. Wayne Dyer, maybe. 
Does it seem Maybe. very Wayne Dyer kind of thing to say? I don't know. That's so good, though. I know. And it is, it's exactly what you're saying. And someone um, uh, at uh, Oregon Country Fair this year, there was this lovely wish wagon. <laughs> and it was, um, and I, it was so lovely because, you know, as a, as a witch, I, I have a, a vocabulary among my friends and community members that is not always the same or, yeah, it's just not always the same as other people. And mm-hmm. really all a spell is, is a wish. And so like, that's really all it is. It's a wish that we put a little more like energy and thoughtfulness yeah. and, and other like tools into because we want to make that wish more powerful and more potent. Sure. But really all it is is a wish. Well, I think many people will relate to spell casting in the terms of if you talk to someone out loud and then find yourself later having sex with them, <laughs> it is very likely that the two of you have done two things. You've cast mm-hmm. spells mm-hmm. and you've also hypnotized each other. So if you take oh, if you take two worlds that generally people don't quite know about, we're mm-hmm. already talking acting, people mm-hmm. don't get it. <laughs> Witchcraft and spells, people don't get it. Hypnotherapy, people don't get it. But we're saying you're already doing it. Yeah. You're already yeah. Yeah. being a participant and utilizing your physicality and yourself mm-hmm. to communicate things mm-hmm. to people all the time, whether mm-hmm. you're doing it effectively or not. Yes. You are acting in the yeah. world. You're playing a role that you've taken on. You have some sort of intention that you're trying to 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 serve, mm-hmm. which yep. that's the director gives you an intention or as an actor and in your mm-hmm. role, you have an intention. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing that. They have mm-hmm. some sort of intention. I want to buy pretzels at the grocery store. <laughs> mm-hmm. These are the things I encounter. I need to save $50. <laughs> right. So we all have intentions. We all have only this self as, as our main resource. We have each other mm-hmm. as a resource. And some of us are more effective at utilizing ourselves mm-hmm. and utilizing each other. Mm-hmm. And you have to cast your own spells. Mm-hmm to utilize yourself well. Mm-hmm. It's your mindset, your thought patterns, your ability to, like, oh man. Tony Robbins' entire career is mostly about mindset and state control. Boom, billionaire. Plus, 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 right? He might have a different niche than you do. <laughs> I, think, I think you might be right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. But but yeah, the 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 frame where you're looking at it from, like hip, hypnosis, people don't think that they're doing, but they're doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. You're always hypnotizing somebody to do something or not. Mm-hmm. You just not, you might not be very good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bodies. Holy crap! The stuff you were dropping about bodies. This culture, and when I say this culture, I mean the United States specifically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. its version of Western culture. Mm-hmm. Not very good at prioritizing and valuing emotions. Oh. That's a huge thing we're yeah. going to have to figure out and work out. Mm-hmm. Not really good at valuing and working on, like, connecting to our bodies. That's huge. Your mm-hmm. bodies not only express emotion and feel emotion, mm-hmm. they they store it. Oh, yeah. we've act- What we're great at is stuffing down and numbing mm-hmm. emotion. Mm-hmm. And then we don't know it's stuck in our bodies until we go to the massage therapist because we have some sort of injury and then they push yep. something in our cab and then we're crying about that thing our brother did. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
or uh, going to acupuncture for my knee after an injury at the Rose Garden and literally seeing moray eels exit from my knee and go out the window. And I was like, oh, well, that was a lot of fear because when I was eight years old, I was swimming in Hawaii and with my parents, we were we were snorkeling and my parents had gone further out and I was a little closer to the shore, but I was I was in water well above my head. So I was already a little uncomfortable, but you know, it's Hawaii, so it's all like beautiful. And I see a moray eel. And oh, I had <laughs> and thank the goddess the day before my parents had taken me to i'm not sure if it was a museum or an aquarium but it was something that literally talked about moray eels and what to do if you encountered them in the wild which was basically to stay completely still because right. they are blind but they sense all of the water ripples so they go oh. after their food and will shock you and to eat you if they start like feeling movement. your movement. And so yeah. I saw that and, I, and I'm in the water and I'm like terrified to breathe. And, I, and I'm terrified because my parents are gone, like out there and I'm like, I don't want the, I don't want the more eel to get my parents and I don't want the more eel to get me. And I, I have no idea how long the more eel was there until it like went off in a completely other direction. And I waited until I couldn't see it anywhere. Yeah. And then I waited a little longer. And then I was like, where the fuck are my parents? And I was like freaking out a little bit. And then my parents finally came back and I was like, okay. I had held that fear in my knees. Right? This happened, uh, the, the acupuncture mm -hmm. that released it out happened when I, I, I think that injury happened when I was about third, when I was in my, uh, maybe 30, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna say 32. Somewhere, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah. That's over 20 years of fear. And I had had subsequent knee issues like throughout my entire teenage and 20 somethings that yeah, sometimes they were big, sometimes they were small, but ultimately what it all came down was, was holding fear in my knees. Right, and what you don't know is whenever you decided to hold your fear there, mm -hmm. maybe thematically that's there. Cause mm -hmm. if you read, what is it, Carolyn Miss, she writes about different uh, physiological issues and the different thematically oh, where they yeah, are. Oh, yeah, like if you're, uh, I, I think she's the one who, like if you're, if you have trouble with your knees, it's in part, like you're not going into the next phase of your life as like strongly and boldly as you can and or yeah. should be doing. And same person. knee issues are also related to um, first chakra family issues. Oh, and yeah, that like would make sense. Some of that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. like, <laughs> mm -hmm. thinking about like, now, is that where your body decided to store fear? And so you had enough fear in there and that's why you had knee trouble? Or is it, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's kind of chicken egg there. Yeah. But it turns out, hello, that our bodies are useful. We do it things is. with them. We store the memories, we store mm -hmm. emotions. And when we can get more flexibility, when we release tension, we release traumas, we release old memories. Like people mm -hmm. don't know how to be in relationship with their body, how to mm -hmm. utilize it. And the thing, the thing is, you were talking earlier about when you were casting that spell, mm -hmm. were your shoulders tense? Did you, um, you were talking about the spinal column and, mm -hmm. and like releasing and stuff. Like mm -hmm. 
there are theories that make a lot of sense that like, for instance, confidence is about the expansion of your chest. There's mm -hmm. that woman that has the the like power stance oh, TED talk, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're not able, be Wonder Woman, right? Like, whether or not stand there for you know mm -hmm. two minutes in a power pose and you'll mm -hmm. feel confident. What if you can't? Act, like, is it possible? And actors will just say yes. We're mm -hmm. just going to say yes. Yoga mm -hmm. people are going to say yes. Mm -hmm. If you can't <laughs> exactly open your body and move your body in particular ways, are there states? Are there emotions you're not going to be able to feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And certainly one can go like ma ma paraplegics, others are, we can talk about that. But what mm -hmm. I'm saying is that your your ability to feel something is also connected to your ability to actually like mm -hmm. can your body do confidence? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um if you're trying to cast a spell asking for something that you mm -hmm. physically can't hold or mm -hmm. embody yet, mm -hmm. how much of that are you going to be able to like take in? Yeah. I'm getting it yes. super. Yes, yes. And heavy. I'm so glad that you uh, brought up paraplegics because I I do a lot of physical work. And so a lot of there are consequently sometimes assumptions that I am only working with or that the work is only good for able-bodied people, yeah. which is such a lie. I'm not such even one of those. a lie. Yeah. And some of the, uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like super precise with my, with my vocabulary. Sure. I'm like, it's one of the many things I appreciate in having conversations with you is that is the practice precision. of that precision. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, some of the classes that I have taught that I have seen the most change in the participants and had the most aha moments myself as a facilitator mm -hmm. were when there were people in wheelchairs and when there were people who were who had different ability uh, had, who had different abilities mm -hmm. and taking all of the exercises and modifying them and uh one of my favorites was in an eighth grade classroom. I had been uh, brought in to do mask work and uh, grand emotions work for a group of eighth graders on a grant that um, my friend Emily, uh, who was their drama teacher, wrote and was awarded. And I was literally teaching in all of her classes. And so I, I was... Um, I was gently told which one, confidentially told which ones were anywhere on the autism spectrum mm -hmm. and which classes would have people in wheelchairs and things of that nature. And there was a little like, will you be able to do this? And I'm like, yes, this is great. Mm -hmm. um, because the language that I use in workshops is always around movement, not around walking, because movement can be internal. Movement mm -hmm. doesn't have to be mm -hmm. big. Movement doesn't have to be walking. It doesn't have to be rolling. Like we can envision movement in our minds. That is still movement. It counts. Yeah. And to uh, modify exercises where everyone is seated and then realize, and then all of the folks that were able to walk realize oh my gosh there's like this huge world mm -hmm. like that lives here that i had no idea yeah and none of those aha moments would have happened otherwise 
Totally. And yes. so important, like all of the inclusion, all of it. <laughs> so well, maybe not all of it, but much of the inclusion. Well, it's interesting because there's there's not, there's your body body mm -hmm. and there's a lot of wealth there. Yes. Expanding your flexibility and ability to move your body will, will shift your feelings. Okay, so mm -hmm. yep. anxiety, depression. I was talking earlier today even with a woman who's a nutritionist mm -hmm. and we were talking about, we were given everything we need as humans. Mm -hmm. We were given breath, we were given movement, moving our bodies, water. and we were given, hmm? do you need more water? I, no, I was saying we that's were given one of water. the gifts. Yeah. yeah, breath, movement, and we were given food. Food. As a fuel, right? Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that beyond that, for some reason, we were given this capacity to build universes inside our minds. So when you're thinking about like the bo the bodies we live in aren't necessarily just this one, it's the one you think mm -hmm. you have. Mm -hmm. So some of your limitations mm -hmm. of, of mobility mm -hmm. are actually in your mind, yes. in your imagination before they're actually in your body. What mm -hmm. your body's capable of doing mm -hmm. is greater. I was geeking out with a, a yoga teacher and she said mm -hmm. that she had studied for years mm -hmm. and she went to India and they would just because they didn't have the same waivers mm -hmm. and, and lawsuits. They would just move yeah. people's bodies into positions they didn't think they could do. Yeah. And when you're confronted with, holy crap, I had no idea I could do that. Now I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And you have mm -hmm. to sort of remind, like, this is actually mm -hmm. happening. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Remind that, that there's this constriction about who we think we are mm -hmm. that happens all the time. Yeah. And part of the part of the work of expanding yourself is utilizing your imagination about what your body is. I'm going to talk about sex again right now. Yes. So the fun is, and sex and hypnosis. So the fun thing is that there are things that happen that most people are used to having, their imagination and play engaged in expanding who they think they are and mm -hmm. expanding their, like, even their ability, certainly in fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your body will respond to things you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. without another human being there, without you even touching yourself, your mm -hmm. body, this imaginary version of who you are and who mm -hmm. someone else is and what you're doing and engaged, there's a way in which that's that's also hypnosis and playing around. So mm -hmm. if you think mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. in which you can be more flexible in your own imagination, mm -hmm. There's a way in which that can that can change and shift your emotional state too. Certainly, oh, if you, yes. like accidentally you're on the bus and you have a sexual fantasy, mm -hmm. your state is shifted, <laughs> and you mm -hmm. didn't specifically mm -hmm. do anything with your body. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yes. the expanse of like, okay, can my mus muscle structure literally do something? There's ways in which that'll limit who I'm being in the state that I can be in. Mm -hmm. But then there's no limit to the imaginary state that I can yeah. be in. Yep. And expanding that is another fun, geeky game that, yes. that actors just do. Yeah, yeah, it's We're true. just taught how to do that. Yeah, it's true. And other people are not taught, are not taught that. And they're not taught to think about the stories that they tell themselves. And, <laughs> and do you like where you're at? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, what story are you living in? And what's the story you want to be living in? And if you don't know the story you want to be living in, then how do you think you are going to change the story that you don't want to be living in? Because you have to have the story you want to be living in. And yeah. whether that is on a personal level or if that is on a large systemic level, what do you want to build? 
Like we can, there, there are all sorts of things to be able to be torn down, whether that's in ourselves or in our world, but there has to be something to take its place. There has mm -hmm. to be a vision. There has to be a, what story do you want to tell? Yeah. And if you are not telling that story, why? Mm -hmm. And people are not aware. They can look at an actor on a stage. Mm -hmm. They know the actor is playing an imaginary story. Somebody thought of it, they created it. People are not aware that they are living out an imaginary story. Mm -hmm. The stories they tell about who they are and what they're capable of are hallucinations just as much as the fantasy shows that we watch on Netflix. Yes. You are yes. likely living in an imaginary version of your world mm -hmm. and, and, and you've decided it's reality. You've created mm -hmm. it with the thoughts you have and, and that sort of thing. Which is why I keep saying like, we're all actors. Mm -hmm. Yep. There are many of us that are not aware. Yep. We all have our masks, whether or not we know them or not. We all have our masks. <laughs> I really want to do this more. Sweet. <laughs> so that one was a beautiful point that could be an ending point. I I'm completely like agree. And considering that there, yeah, there is a roommate coming, it feels like a natural ending point as well. But I, I do. <laughs> well, that's how that went. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode. Thanks for watching, listening, I don't know, reading, imbibing, however you took this in. Thanks for being here. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love it if you would do all of the things. Uh, like, share, I don't know, ring a bell, bang a gong, tell a friend, and come back next time. I hope you had as much fun as I had.